Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into A to Z Sports. I'm Zach Beam. He's Sam Phelan. This is A to Z Sports. We are powered by BetMGM. Use the BetMGM app. To download and place the bets that you need. Risk-free bet up to $1,000. We love BetMGM. Download that app today. Also have to thank our presenting sponsors because they make things happen around here. Hughes and Coleman, the official injury lawyer of the Tennessee Titans. They could be your official injury lawyer if you find yourself in that type of circumstance. That's HughesandColeman.com. The Bone & Joint Institute. Don't fumble on your recovery. They've got locations all across Middle Tennessee, including their state-of-the-art facility down there in Franklin, Tennessee. They are trusted, and you should trust them too. Farm Bureau Health Plans. I trust them. They, they changed my health plan at the beginning of this year, and I'm really glad that they did. FBHP.com slash A to Z. Visit Farm Bureau Health Plans and change your plan today. And Wilson County Hyundai, your perfect make and model, right down I-40 exit 236. Payne Bone and his team will hook you up with your perfect make and model at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. All right, Sam. So Austin and I did a post-game show reacting to the game yesterday. I'm just going to send it over to you. How did you think yesterday's game played out? It was 17 to 3, and then it was 17 to 10 at the very end. But a dominating performance by the Tennessee Titans in Houston, but ugly, weird, different, not your prototypical type game in the NFL, grungy. I don't know how many other descriptive words they could use, but how did you feel about the Titans win yesterday? It was intriguing. Like, I was just fascinated to watch it, Zach, because. It was one of those situations that everybody in the building knows that they're going to put the ball in 22's belly, and yet they keep doing it, and it keeps working. And it, it was just a physically dominating performance where we went into the game not really knowing what Malik Willis was, how he was going to look, what the offense was going to look like. And it turned out the entire offense was giving the ball to the same guy over and over and over again. And watching Derrick Henry run the football – was fun yesterday, and it was a, a really a microcosm of what he has been for the Titans offense for so long here. Just putting them on his back game after game. It feels like when things uh, when the going gets tough and things kind of hit the fan, Derrick Henry finds a way to keep them in games or carry their offense. And yesterday was it, it was never more the case and fitting that he broke the records that he broke, surpassing Eddie George as the Titans franchise all-time touchdowns leader, another 200-yard performance, which, which tied the all-time NFL record. It, it was really, really interesting and kind of entertaining for as ugly of a football game as it was a lot of the time. I was just sitting back being like, wow, the, it's cool to watch a team just assert their will uh, in such a dominating fashion, which is what the Titans and Derrick Henry did yesterday. Yeah, I mean, that's how the Titans are structured. We saw that yesterday. That's how they want to play. They want to give their best player the football as many times as they can, and they did that yesterday, especially in the second half. And they ran away with the win, and a much-needed win because they've won five straight, and now they're starting to see some separation in the AFC South. It's a bad, and, and Austin and I discussed this yesterday. Bad football all over the NFL. There's just bad play. and had a bad year. Yeah, and look, sometimes that happens. And even, you know, Tom Brady said that a few weeks ago. He's playing bad football, but he even said that. And when, you know, he's watching all these games and all the film like we are, and you sit there and you're like, wow, there's bad football all around, you know, the NFL. The Titans didn't play great football yesterday, but they played the way that they want to play and and how their roster is, is structured, which is be physical, uh, push weight, and cross the line with the football, right? And that's what Derrick Henry did. But yesterday, I think the big storyline, at least heading into the game, was Malik Willis. Malik Willis drafted in the third round. He was said to 
possibly be drafted in the first round ahead of Kenny Pickett. That didn't happen, and he fell. The Titans found value in a a pick that was going to be a project. I think he was going to be a project no matter what. If he was a first-round pick or a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick, it didn't really matter. He was going to be a project. And the title of today's show, which is one thing we can adamantly say after watching Malik Willis versus the Texans, is just that, Sam. He is a project. Raw. (laughs) You know, he is raw. And he has a lot to work on. It doesn't mean that he can't be good, but he definitely opened my eyes, at least, and I think a lot of Titans fans' eyes, is that he's a project quarterback that he's got to settle into his own, and the NFL game is different than playing football at Liberty. Yeah, I mean, no question about it. It it is a... you can take it all with a grain of salt. It was his first debut, first game. Um, But I guess that's the question, right? Is where is Malik Willis in his development to where he was in training camp? Where is he to when he came out in the draft? Uh, I did like to see, though, Zach, the way that they supported a rookie quarterback when, you know, things were not pretty for him at all times. And the way that you run the ball, the way that you play defense, the way that you kind of have those external factors flowing and working, uh, that makes Malik's life a lot easier. And it makes Malik a lot more comfortable in a situation that wasn't very comfortable for him yesterday. Those are really encouraging signs to me. And those are signs of a, a really strong organizational structure when you're able to support a rookie quarterback the way that they did. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a couple things that I think we can for sure say about Malik Willis after watching his first game and now moving forward to that difficult slate of games that you said. And that is going to be our question. Our first question of today's show is what is one thing you learned about Malik Willis yesterday? What is one thing that you learned from Malik Willis yesterday, but first, Zach, you have a message from our sponsors. Yep, let's talk about Farm Bureau Health Plans. FBHP.com is where to go. I changed my health plan at the beginning of this year. I'm really glad that I did. 20% I save each month because I switched and I have better coverage. So what they say is better coverage, better rates, better service. And I got all three, 200 plus locations across the state of Tennessee. That's FBHP.com slash A-T-O-Z. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. BetMGM is the king of sports books. And if you use promo code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app, you can get a risk free bet on pro football up to $1,000. So if you've been looking to get into the sports betting space, go ahead and get involved with BetMGM today because BetMGM has an offer like no other. It's risk free, there's no reason not to do it. Use that promo code ATOZ Sports. All right, Sam, let's, before we get to what the people think, let's see what Malik Willis thought about his first start. Uh, I think it was, it, it was good. We got a W, you know, that's all you want to go out and do. Uh, yeah, there are things you want back and it's my first start. So I can't be too critical on myself, but, uh, yeah, you got plays you want back and that's going to be every game, but definitely, uh, appreciative for a, a W, uh, and Derek, you got a congrats to him. He got a new record. So that's cool too. So uh, just cool to see our team just fight back from setbacks, whether it may be penalties, whether it may be the turnover uh, on the interception, man, it just bounce back regardless of what was going on and uh, come together. It was really cool. What's it like to have- There's Malik Willis uh, responding to a question after the, the Texans game yesterday on just how he assessed his performance. Right there, my reaction to that, and look, this is not a – it's not a great comment. People may not like this, but it just looked like he was happy to be there. It, it didn't look like he was asserting any leadership or trying to, you know, take control. Is that, hey, it was really cool to be out there. And that's not necessarily what you want from your starting quarterback or your quarterback that could eventually take the reins. I know it's his first start. I know he should feel the emotions that he's feeling, but that was a wide eyed kid just. Hey, yeah, he got that record. That was pretty cool, right? Like, I, I just I felt like 
and and maybe this is one of many things that I learned. Kids got to grow up. You, you got to mature a lot faster than uh, – and look, he has the benefit of, of not having to play this year. But if Ryan Tannehill goes down for any more length of time, you're not going to have that benefit. You're going to be thrown into a situation that you probably are not ready for. And so uh, that was just my initial reaction, just a wide-eyed kid happy to be there. I wish he would have been better at the podium, but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, uh, that that's kind of my takeaway. The one thing that I learned uh, and from listening to the podium, from watching the game, I really haven't spoken about Malik Willis yet. You did the postgame show uh, with Austin yesterday. The one thing I learned about Malik Willis yesterday is what everybody in the comments is kind of saying. We'll get to those comments, but I do want to say for a minute, Zach, it's kind of half and half because for me, I don't know if I learned anything because this is what I thought he was. He looked exactly like I thought Malik would look as a rookie making his first career start. Uh, he has great athleticism, but he looked overwhelmed at times. He looked indecisive. He looked undeveloped. Uh, and I know he has made strides in his footwork and mechanics and different things like that in practice from training camp till now. But in terms of on the game, his decision-making did not look a as strong as it needed to be. He looked a little bit overwhelmed. His his accuracy, timing, different things that make pa your passing game work were not as good as they need to be. So what I learned about Malik Willis is that he's not there yet and that everybody that has been uh, – breathing down Ryan Tannehill's neck and, and rooting for Malik Willis to get in there and take over and, and pumping up this new era of Titans football needs to pump the brakes a little bit because we saw yesterday that Malik is not ready and he's not your starting quarterback right now. And your offense is significantly worse and more one, one dimensional when he's in there. And that's not an indictment on Malik Willis what he is going to be. That's not saying Malik Willis isn't the future of the Titans offense, but what that does say is that right now you need Ryan Tannehill. And right now you might have to look in the mirror and ask yourself, do we need Ryan Tannehill next year? Those are the decisions that John Robinson and Mike Vrabel are going to be faced with. I've seen some people uh, as, as we get to your comments on what you guys learned about Malik Willis saying, well, he might not start till 2024. I don't know if that's possible because he wasn't a first-round pick, because you don't have a fifth-year option, because you don't want to burn too many years of his rookie contract. But that is what I learned, Zach, is that Malik Willis is not ready and that the Titans should value Ryan Tannehill even more than they already do. Yeah, I think you said something that, that stood out to me. A one-dimensional team becomes even more one-dimensional when Malik Willis is quarterback. And that's not what you want, right? You want to be multi-dimensional. That is how you win football games on a consistent basis against really good teams. Yesterday, the Texans are a terrible team. But one-dimensional, right? And I think that he doesn't help you be multiple. And so let's go to the chat real quick and see what everybody else said. And I think we'll probably hear some of the same things that we just said, but in a, in a different way. Uh, Christine says he's definitely not ready to take over. Uh, Noji says, be patient, not expected uh, the second coming of Mac 9. I think that's fair. Tighten up says needs to develop more de development from John. Jason says Malik is looking at the right receivers, but can't quite get the ball out quick enough. One thing that Caleb learned is that Tannehill is still going to be a Titan in 2023. I don't, I think it's too early to say that. I think I think we definitely know that Ryan Tannehill is better than Malik Willis. I'm not saying Malik Willis will be the starter next year, but we got to figure out how this season plays out. I, sure. I think it's too early to kind of predict that. Needs time to develop from CJ. Learn that Malik needs a better time clock in his head. Holds the ball for way too long from Jonathan. Needs better decision-making from David. Jay says even yesterday's game was too fast for him. Needs some more seasoning. Let's see, Malik Willis might need an extra year behind Ryan Tannehill. Honky Tonk saying he shouldn't have even been drafted by the Titans. Learn that he's uh, taking 
in coaching and learning from Lane. He's not ready for prime time. Needs to work on his reads to be more decisive. Definitely a rookie from Matt. Not ready. He has the sight, but not the mechanics yes, yet from Tiffany. Uh, might be a future trade there from Will Dawson. We'll talk about trades here later in the show. But look, I think overall there's a lot of, of comments. He is years away. He is the epitome of a developmental quarterback. And Sam, we can't get caught up, and it's hard to because you want to so bad think that you drafted Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, and they're just waiting for a year to unleash the fury on the NFL. And it's just, those are two anomalies. Those are two generational Hall of Fame type quarterbacks that got an opportunity to learn behind quality quarterbacks. Obviously, Brett Favre's a Hall of Famer and, and Alex Smith was a quality quarterback in Kansas City. But you just don't, you can't say that that's going to happen every time, you know? And so I think that's, I think that the chat, it makes me, look, there was some other, hey, ditch him, trade him. Uh, you know, he's no good. There's a couple of those. But it's one game. He needs to grow up. That's like, and, and not like immaturity that like he's, he's throwing water balloons at, you know, the movie theaters. He just needs to grow up and mature and he needs to develop physically. I mean, look at like Giannis Antetokounmpo, his rookie year, right? Old slender arms. And then now he turns into a force that is averaging 35 plus games, a ga- uh, 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 points a game, right? Like, he needs to develop into his own body. He needs to develop his skills. But Sam, here's the one thing that I learned. Malik Willis will only be as good as his footwork. He can make the occasional unbelievable sidearm throw falling away from his body across the field. He can do that. But he can't do that every time. Yep. And what gets you grounded is getting your feet set, turning your shoulders, flipping your hips, and making an accurate pass. Because we saw that on the interception yesterday, Sam. Falling back, saw it late, his arm's not strong enough, behind the receiver, interception. That interception didn't cost them points, but that was more because of the Houston Texans. You do that against the Bengals or the Bills or uh, you know uh, the Chargers or some a better offense – they're going to get at least three points out of that. And so that's the one thing I it's all in the it's all in the hips. It's all in the hips. And for the hips to work, your feet have to work. And his feet are just not there yet. Yeah, it's what I saw. I I, I think it was a little bit of a lot of what the chat said and a, a bits and pieces here and there. People brought up his timing, his time clock. Uh, And that has been really the story with Malik Willis since he got in the building, talking to him nearly every day in training camp, watching him every day in training camp. That was what Malik Willis was telling me and, and showing me on the field was it wasn't even that he didn't know where to go with the ball. As I think Tiffany pointed out earlier, he's looking at the right people and it's not a it's more of a mental thing of, you know, his brain sees it. Well, now he's got to get his body in the right place to make sure that's on time because we know how affected you can be as a quarterback when half a second, your body's just a little bit late. The ball's just a little bit late. And when in the Titan style of offense, they run so many timing routes, that interception to code where he was thrown to Cody Hollister, Cody Hollister had enough separation where that should have been a completion. Malik Willis was a little bit late delivering him the football. And what I've seen from Malik is knowing where to go not having his body in the appropriate position to deliver the ball on time. I think his time clock really hasn't been that bad in terms of knowing pressures coming, but it's another mental barrier of getting himself to trust NFL separation. One yard of separation is open in the NFL, and this is something that the Titans preach all the time. And Todd Downing, Mike Vrabel, Pat O'Hara, whoever you ask, would tell you one yard of separation is a window that the ball needs to be thrown to and caught. Malik didn't see a ton of one yard of separation at Liberty. He saw a lot of rolling to his right with a guy 20 yards open. Five yards. uh, Letting him just kind of rip it and and throw a nice ball down the field. 
he has to trust the NFL level, trust his receivers, trust. And I know he doesn't have the greatest weapons. That is a, a whole nother debate. But Malik has to get to the point where he realizes he has to let it rip. And, and you cannot just sit there and be indecisive because you're putting yourself in a position to, I mean, look at the ball that he completed to Robert Woods, that he waited until the last possible minute where he was jump throwing through contact just to get the ball there. And Robert Woods was running open for the entire left side of the field. That ball has to be out. And once Malik can kind of get over that mental barrier that I think it is really stopping him between hitting his full potential, that's when I think you can start to see the athleticism be at play and those rollouts be at play. And some of those physical traits start to be a game changer for them and open up their offense. But it can't work if the if his mind isn't where it needs to be and if his timing is off. Yeah, Sam, if they are going to roll with Malik Willis at any point in the future, right, not this season, but in the future, they have got to secure their offensive line. They have to protect him. So you, I don't know if you watched the Bills game last night, but Josh Allen does a phenomenal job because he has protection, at least he did last night, to run around and make the plays that he can make. You talk about the time clock, and I think this is a struggle with any athletic quarterback. And Josh Allen just didn't come into the league, and he is what he was last night. Let's yeah. just be honest with that, right? His rookie year was not very good. He was throwing high. He was throwing interceptions, making mistakes. So now he had the luxury to work through those playing football. Malik Willis is going to have to work through those on the sidelines. But Malik Willis, you have pocket passers that have a time clock that their out is to check the ball down or throw the ball away. Where Malik Willis is going to struggle at first is his time clock is he's got these things called legs that he can move and make plays with. And his time clock is not to throw the ball away or check it down. It's when do I use these twigs below my waist to go make a play? And you can't go too early, but you can't go too late because that results in a sack of trying to run away from a, a defensive end that's faster than you think, right? And so all of these things have got to mature. I, I saw a comment. Justin says Malik didn't play bad. It was his first start. He managed well. I, Justin, I think you're absolutely correct. I think the hard part is that he didn't, you know, managing – was handing the ball off. It wasn't managing by third and two, you've got to get the first down solely on Malik Willis. Or it's third and six, you have to go make that play because Derrick Henry is not available or something, right? Like, so managed, he, he, he won the game, but I definitely think we all saw, you know, I, I teased something at the end of the pregame show, like, what if he scores 30 points? Then we got a whole nother controversy. That was not going to happen. But I do think that Malik Willis did what he was asked to do. Yeah. And you can't fault him for that. No, not at all. I mean, well, one thing, I, the only thing that I looked at and said, okay, that's, that's tough is the turnover. And, and that's because we went into that game knowing they couldn't turn the ball over and they had to protect it. But overall, uh, yeah, I think he did everything he was asked to do. He's very limited and what they're able to do with him is very, very limited more so than it is with Tannehill in there. Uh, but he wasn't detrimental. And I think that's all you were kind of hoping for Malik Willis in his first career start. And then, as I said, as he gets more comfortable, uh, I think he can do a little bit more for your offense. I will say too, I, I did not was not a fan of the play calling uh, with Malik Willis, especially early on when they were using him. I think they need to use his athleticism. They need to roll him out. Uh, you talk about wanting to set up your run game. Well, the one way to set up Derrick Henry in the run game is by using the guy that's got four, four speed under center and letting him uh, kind of go out wide, use a bootleg, do whatever it takes to create space where maybe you make a linebacker think about it for a second and he can't hit that gap as hard. You get Derrick Henry into the second level and he has an even bigger day. So I wasn't a huge fan of the play calling. I don't think it set Malik Willis up for a ton of success, but I also think you're kind of limited in what you're able to call uh, with his skill set and his current level of development. That being said, 
Uh, I, ju- I just want to see his legs. I want to see his athleticism. That's his biggest trait right now. That's the one thing he brings to the offense that Ryan Tannehill doesn't. So I was curious to see how that was going to be a factor. Uh, and I don't think it even made a difference in the game. I think that's you could have maybe had some play designs that that opened up things a little bit more. Well, and Darren brings up, you know, the defense stepped up as well. Not only did Derrick Henry, but the defense also stepped up. And that that leads us to our segment, Laying Down the Law, that we do. We're going to talk trades here uh, a little bit later. But we also got a great video after the game in the locker room that the Titans put out that we're going to play you guys uh, regarding Derrick Henry and Laying Down the Law. And Laying Down the Law is brought to you by our great friends, Hughes and Coleman. They are the official injury lawyer of the Tennessee Titans. They can be your official injury lawyer. When you are injured in a car wreck and you need a team that will fight for you, you got to go to Hughes and Coleman. They're injury lawyer right here in, in middle Tennessee and Kentucky, and they will fight for every dollar that you deserve. If you've been injured in a wreck, call Hughes and Coleman. The number is uh, uh, 615 uh uh, right there, it's uh, 466-8700. Hughes and Coleman has got you hooked up. They're the official injury lawyer of the Tennessee Titans. It's 800-800-4600. Excuse me with that number. 800-800-4600. That's HughesandColeman.com. Today's show is powered by BetMGM, and BetMGM is the king of sports books. The football season is about halfway over, but it's not too late to get involved in the sports gambling space because right now, BetMGM with promo code ATOZ Sports is giving you a risk free bet up to $1,000 on pro football. So if you want to start sports gambling the second half of the NFL season, BetMGM is the place to do it. And ATOZ Sports is the promo code to use. It's a risk free bet up to $1,000 on pro football on Bet. MGM. All right, let's hear Mike Vrabel after the Titans beat the Texans to move to five and two, win five straight games heading into a primetime showdown against the Kansas City Chiefs. But before that, after the game, there was one man and one man only that laid down the law in the win. I appreciate every one of you. Okay, the difference between this league and our team is we got Derek I mean, when everybody knows you're the man, you're the man. Yeah. I mean, he said it. Unreal. That's the difference. And and Mike Vrabel said it. That tells you everything you need to know. The difference between the, uh, the, the Titans play a brand of football that makes people angry and is ugly and doesn't play well on national headlines, and people say isn't sustainable, yada, yada, yada. And it is sustainable when it's the Tennessee Titans. And the reason why is because of Derrick Henry and because the Titans have the one weapon that none of those other teams in the league have. When you try and run the ball and dirty up a football game and play defense and chew clock, It doesn't always work, and sometimes it isn't sustainable. But when you have a Derrick Henry on your sideline and you can feed 22 over and over and over again week after week, things change a little bit. So, yeah, great stuff from Mike Vrabel because that's the difference between the Titans and the rest of the NFL right now. Yeah, and Patrick says it very eloquently. Laying down the law equals Derrick Henry. We usually would ask you who laid down the law, but there is no question. I mean, it it was Derrick Henry. And I think the, I think what you said, Sam, it is sustainable, but can you win in January and February with it? So I think they've proven time and time again, year over year that you can win in the regular season. You can beat teams. You could beat teams in November and December because of the style of football that you play. But does it translate? It's not sexy. It's not going to get you, you know, the the highlight reels that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, all them, those guys are going to get. But it does win games in the regular season. 
I just don't know if it can win him enough games in the postseason. Because when he's off, you gotta, you have to rely on somebody else. And he's not on every week. Now, when he plays the Texans, he's on every single time he plays that. But th- I think that's kind of the issue we've talked about is their identity. It works, but does it work to get to where you need to go? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the question. I think that's why next week is going to be telling that it, it is a huge, huge game. Uh, prime time against the Kansas City Chiefs because the only other real test I was talking to Austin about this uh, earlier last week but uh, like the New York Giants are a very good football team they are good so I don't want to say the only good team that they've played but the Giants play a very similar brand of football to the Titans of just trying to stay in games and run the ball and chew clock and and not make the big mistake and then find a way to beat you at the end that's what the Giants have done The only really high-powered offense that the Titans have seen is the Buffalo Bills, and we know how that game kind of went down uh, in primetime in Buffalo. So how did the Titans respond when they are playing a high-powered offense that is going to score a good amount of points, and you have to go blow for blow? Because uh, the Titans have found a way to win five in a row by controlling games start to finish, controlling the clock, staying ahead, and uh, really not making the big mistake and just letting the run game take care of it. And touchdowns come as they will. But I want to see how they respond when you're facing an offense that is going to put up a couple scores on you, and you have to be willing to go down and piece together a drive when you need it most. And I think that's the recipe where I lean probably not right now in terms of whether or not it can hold a lot of postseason wins. I don't want to say that, but you have to be able to go score for score with some of the best teams in the league in the playoffs. We saw it in the playoffs last year. You have to be able to look up, see 32 seconds. We have one timeout. We have to go score. I don't know if the Titans offense has that in them because running the football, you can't do that in the final two minutes of a game and say, well, this is going to have us march a two-minute drill and go score. So Kansas City will be interesting because Kansas City will be another example of a team that – you know Patrick Mahomes is going to do his thing and put get you for at least, what, two touchdowns? They're going to get 20 points. They're going to have a good offensive performance. So how much damage control can their defense do? But really, can the Titans offense with a healthy Ryan Tannehill back and Derrick Henry, can they go drive after drive, score after score, and hang in the game long enough to make the running game and the defense a factor late? Yeah, and you know I think bringing up one – aspect of the titans is defensively can they hold up against those high-powered offenses yeah they can they can shut the texans down and they did that after the titans scored it was seven three they controlled the game the rest of the way it wasn't even close i think the question is is can defensively you know last year's epic playoff match against the the chiefs and the bills it was very high scoring right back and forth back and forth back and forth the Titans have done that a couple of times. A couple of years ago, uh, when they made their AFC Championship run in the regular season against the against the Chiefs, they had that similar type game. But they're not built for that. And Derek brings that up. He says Titans did in nineteen. They can do it again. Those teams are loading up to stop Allen, Mahomes, and Burrow. Find rhythm in the passing game early in these playoff games first. That then keep fa- feeding the beast and Derrick Henry. That's the recipe, but I, I don't think that that's the question. I think the question is when another team gets you off track, what yep. do you do? Because Derrick in 2019, when the Titans went to the AFC Championship game, they got down by 10 points. Patrick Mahomes scored right before half, and the Titans never got back into that football game because they didn't have the offensive firepower because the game didn't go the way that they wanted it to go. Buffalo, the game didn't go the way that they wanted it to go, and it was 7-7, and then all of a sudden you you blink twice, and it was 24-7, right? And the game was over. And so it will be a true test, and this kind of leads us into our next topic is what are you going to do to improve your odds? Are you going to sit on your hands pray and wait till Traylon Burks and maybe some other pieces come back or are you going to be active 
and try to help your football team. The trade deadline is tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central time. It's November 1st. So they're letting everybody dress up, have a good time for Halloween tonight. And then the trade deadline is going to come and go. I'm curious to see what the chat has to say about this. And Sam, I, I actually am very curious to see what you're going to have to say, or you're going to say about this. Do you think the Titans will make a trade before the trade deadline? It is a yes or no. We usually don't do yes or no questions. I just think that this is the right question. Do you think the Titans will make a trade before Tuesday's deadline? That is at 3 p.m. Central time, 4 p.m. Eastern, tomorrow afternoon. Go into the chat and answer the question. It's either a yes or a no. I think this will be a telling sign. First, I am going to tell, is, is get ready for the comments. I'll let you read the comments, Sam. But first, I'm going to tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to for your next ride. Quick trip down I-40 exit 236. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Your perfect make and model includes the Palisade. It also includes the Sonata, the Elantra, the Tucson, the Ionic. You saw some com commercials on the NFL for the Ionic. Battery power. This thing, you don't need fuel. It's battery powered. It is electric. Visit WilsonCountyHyundai.com. We are brought to you by BetMGM. They're powering the show today. They are the king of sports books. And with the promo code A-T-O-Z sports, that's A to Z sports on the BetMGM app, you can get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 on pro football. I've been getting into sports gambling. I know Austin and Zach like to sprinkle a little bit here and there each and every Titans game. I told all my friends yesterday, make sure you hammer the over on Derrick Henry rushing yards. That was Buck Rising's best bet of the day, too, and look where we ended up. So if you're looking, if you've got a bet in mind for next week and it's on pro football, make sure it's on BetMGM and use the promo code ATOZ Sports, and your bet is risk-free up to $1,000. All right, Sam, here's the question. What do you think that the Titans, and there is a lot of comments, I'm scrolling back, all the way back. Do you think that the Titans will make a trade before the trade deadline tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time? I'll let you go to the chat and see what the people are saying. Sin City Titans says no. Defresh says no. Kicks good is no. Titans Kyle is nope, no move. Trent. Big yes from Trent. He's feeling optimistic. Scoop, Scoop Richardson, no. Jarrell's no. Billy's no. Only Memphis is no. Jimbo probably has the a good answer here saying, God willing, hopefully there is a trade. Uh, Andrew's no. Top tier's no. Evan says yes. Matt says yes. Uh, Daniel is no. Alex is no. I doubt it. Justin Simmons says yes. I believe so. I'm praying on it. Uh, Andre says, no, unfortunately, um, let's see. Nope. Nope. No. Yes. From Billy. Noah says, no, a lot of comments, probably an overwhelming. No, from the chat, a couple yeses here and there. Tom is a yes. Titans Rossi's a no. Kyle's a no. Xavier is a yes for a pass rusher. So interesting. Everybody's talking wide receiver O-line. Xavier says pass rusher. Uh, yeah, so, so so that's the chat. I haven't heard what you think. You haven't heard what I think. So I'll toss it to you, Zach. Do the Titans make a trade before tomorrow's NFL trade deadline, yes or no? Well, let's see what they need first, right? So I think that the three targeted positions that they could trade for is obvious wide receiver, also offensive line, and then I think you have to think about pass rush or corner. Their corners have played better, but Caleb Farley, I don't know. I think that we figured out that you cannot trust that guy. You don't want him on the field. And you're about to go into a stretch of the season that you got to kind of think about two things. Can you get by if somebody gets hurt? Because the likeliness that somebody gets hurt on those position groups is probable, right? I mean, you're you're playing NFL football. You know, injuries happen. But offensive line, wide receiver, pass rush, and then I think corner depth. 
the corner depth wouldn't be a blockbuster trade. It would just be a depth piece. But Sam, you're five and two. I think that you have to make a trade. You have to be a buyer in this arena, in this season. We talked about all the bad football that is being played. Well, the Titans are five and two, and they're playing the football that they want to play, and they're winning games, and they're, you know, they're winning divisional games. They're undefeated against divisional opponents. They still got to play the Jags twice and the and the Texans again, but they are winning the way that they want to win. I do think that they are going to trade. I don't expect it's going to be a blockbuster. I think it is going to be a depth piece. So I was looking at articles yesterday as you know this thing approaches. And look, you're not going to trade for outside linebacker Josh Allen from the Jags because the Jags are not going to trade that, that. Bradley Chubb, I think, is too expensive for the Broncos. That's not the piece. Harold Landry will be back next year. Brandon Cooks, the wide receiver that you just played, makes a lot of sense, but it's against a divisional opponent. I don't think that they're going to trade with the Texans. I do like the idea, and we've talked about this, Kendrick Bourne or Nelson Aguilar from the Patriots. Maybe the Patriots are willing to trade, but they beat the Jets yesterday, so I don't know how much they're willing to trade away pieces to help them make a playoff push. I don't know where the, the state of where they are. The Panthers and Brian Burns, I think, is too expensive for the Titans' liking. He's a great player. Too expensive so, for anybody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, William Jackson the third from the Commanders. You know, the Commanders are unique because they're 500 after they beat the Colts. I don't know how they feel about their franchise and if they're going to go for it. But I do think that, like, my best case scenario, Sam, is that they trade for Kendrick Bourne and get a – a veteran wide receiver that can fill the gap and you can, you know, Kyle Phillips has a hamstring injury. Hamstrings linger. Turf toe lingers. I don't know if you can rely on Burks and Phillips for the long haul. I think you need a veteran wide receiver that can come in and help Ryan Tannehill if you get down 14 to 17 points in a game. So my final answer is yes, I do think that they trade. It won't be a blockbuster though. Yeah, all those names are great. Um, no, I don't think the Titans make a trade. Uh, I think if they were going to make a trade, they would have done it by now. I like this point from Jarrell saying, uh, with all the corners they grab off the streets, I doubt we trade for one. That's kind of my thinking, too. Like I said, if the Titans were going to make a trade at this dead deadline to me, number one, I think offensive line is what it would be. An offensive line would be what I think they need the most. But number two, I think they would have done it by now. We've seen Traylon Burks go down. We've seen Kyle Phillips go down. We've seen a roster. They, they went into a game, an NFL game against a division rival and said, all right, we're going into this game with Robert Woods, Nick Westbrook-Akine, Cody Hollister, and Mason Kinsey, and that's it. Those are our only four healthy wide receivers, and that's how they went into the game. And what did they opt to do? Not trade for a wide receiver, Signed Chris Conley off a practice squad, bring him in, uh, and he played a decent number of, I think, got over 20 snaps yesterday in their offense. That was a roster, Phil. He was blocking. Well, they're, but that's what they're opting to do. They're opting to take. That's what they the, did opt to do. I think it's, well, but if there was a time to trade for a wide receiver, was it not when Kyle Phillips was down, Traylon Burks was down? You were playing a game against the Colts and you were staring down. Four healthy wide receivers. One of them is off your practice squad. Like the uh, I think I so let me stop you there. I think that teams get more desperate because they find out who they are closer to the trade deadline. That's why this this past weekend yesterday was so important because you know you got Chase Claypool sitting there in Pittsburgh. They're not going. They they got demolished right yesterday by the Eagles. Their season is done. They're not going to compete this year. They just have to sacrifice that. So maybe they need a piece. We found out even more how disgruntled Elijah Moore is for the, the New York Jets. So you find, we found out a little bit more yesterday yeah. that maybe you open your eyes to a team that thinks differently maybe after the weekend. So I think that 
time does come into play. I don't completely disagree with you yeah. in the sense of the Titans are notorious to sit on their hands and and you know they may and and here I think is the X factor, Sam. Are they just waiting? for Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips, and Racing McMath to be healthy. Right. And and do they view those as their trade additions? And I know that would make fans seem feel some type of way, probably. And I'm not saying they shouldn't make a trade. I just think the Titans would have moved already on, on some outside of wide receiver. I mentioned offensive line. We saw Dennis Daly and Aaron Brewer and that entire left side of the line have an absolutely atrocious performance a couple of weeks ago where we looked up and said, I don't know what you do, but you have to do something different because it's not working and Ryan Tannehill's going to get killed. Well, he uh, did get injured and now he's down and you have Malik Willis starting. And you've I dealt think, but with I was, the ankle was a freak injury. It wasn't True. because of well, I mean, it does result from him him kind of getting hit and getting knocked to the ground, even though it was somebody rolling up on him or him rolling up, whatever. It's still a, a factor of keep your quarterback upright. That's like rule number one. And that's not something that they've done a ton of, especially on that left side of that line. And you've seen injuries to Nate Davis. And you we've heard Ben Jones just working through stuff and battling through stuff just to stay on the field. And yet they haven't made a move on an offensive line. It's been Dennis Daly and Aaron Brewer at each and every week out. And it's been Dylan Raidens at right guard. I think that that's where they're at is that they – are more content with the guys that know what they're doing and have been in the building for a little bit now and and the moves that they've already made to go make another one. I just think they've had so much reason to make a trade and they haven't. I just don't see it happening now that you're five and two and guys are starting to get healthier. I just don't know if they can, with this roster, with maybe out an additional piece, if they can win a Super Bowl. Well, Guys, that's, that's the, what they're trying to do. But they're trying the to win a Super Bowl. They're not trying to make the playoffs. They're not just trying to win one playoff game and get disappointed in the divisional round again. They're not trying to do that. They're trying to win the Super Bowl. And with all of the bad teams and bad football that is being played across the league, I just think that this is a huge opportunity to add a piece of need. Next year is next year. You're going to have to figure that out in the offseason your roster is not going to look the same. You're going to get Harold Landry back, right? So, like, the, there are things that are on down the road. Traylon Burks will be another year under his belt, right? So, like, I just think that you're 5-2. and two, You're most likely – I think I, I would like to look at the percentages of the Titans making the playoffs. It's got to be close to the 80 number, 80% likely to make the playoffs right now at 5-2 and two with all the other teams not doing well. Make a move and help your offense to get some continuity on the passing side. They are not good at throwing the football. The deep ball stats, and these didn't change. You know, I talked about deep ball stats last week. They didn't change because Tannehill didn't throw a deep ball. Neither did Malik Willis. <laughs> so, you know, you got to do something if you're going to go for it. And I think that they should. Yeah, I mean, it, I think they should too. Don't get me wrong on that. Like, I just because I don't think they're going to make a trade doesn't mean I think they should not. I'm always a believer of this year, this year, especially when you're the Titans. And we've talked about it all year, aging players, players that are running out on their contracts that you're going to have to pay coming up. Take advantage of the window. You're in first place. You are commanding the AFC South. Derrick Henry is breaking records left and right. You're running the ball at will. Take advantage of the window and another opportunity. Somehow, Zach, the Titans are the two seed in the AFC as we sit here on a Monday morning. At 0-2, five in a row, they're the number two seed in the AFC playoff picture right now. Take advantage of that window. I agree with you. They should make a trade. I don't think they will. I think the the question that has to be asked is, is there a weapon available that they can get for a price they're willing to give up that actually significantly improves them? I think a lot of these names being brought up, especially by the chat, talking about wide receivers, I'm seeing a lot of, oh, okay, well, what about Denzel Mims, Elijah Moore? These are guys that aren't catching the ball on their offenses. We don't know how good they are. We don't know how much of it is an offensive game plan thing, how much of it is just a skill thing. 
Zach Wilson is no trouble throwing the ball to Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore doesn't get the football. Is that a him not being open thing? Is that a bad chemistry thing? I think thing? that's a is Jets and Elijah Moore thing. I, I mean, that, it, it, that it, is it, not it, an Elijah Moore thing. I think Denzel Mims, Moore can Denzel Mims is the guy that hasn't been, hasn't done anything in the NFL. And yes, he was a higher draft pick. Yes, there is some potential there. But do you bring Denzel Mims in and feel better about your wide receiver core than what you have right now? I don't know if he's that significant enough of an upgrade. But what you're trying to do is fill a gap and buy Traylon Burke's time because that. It's a turf toe. We know what the injury is. It's not going away. Like he will be dealing with it. They put him on IR for a reason. Yeah. So when you play the tough teams that you are about to go play and you look, you're, you're through week eight, you got chiefs, Broncos, Packers, Bengals, AJ Brown, the Philadelphia Eagles, who we'll talk about at some point this week because of how good AJ Brown is. And then the Jags, that's a tough stretch right there that you've got to be on your game and you got to have to have some offensive firepower. You're not going to be able to play the way you did yesterday. You can't do that consistently. You cannot do that enough to make it to the Super Bowl. So again, my, my best trade scenario, and I don't know if it will happen. I, I, I don't think that the Patriots are out, but trading for Kendrick Bourne, fills the hole of Traylon Burks and buys him more healing time. And I do think that you improve at wide receiver because of that. that uh, yeah. Be, I, well, and that's, and here's my last thing. It's because Kyle Phillips went down with a hamstring. He's not going to give you anything that takes even more time. I feel like. Well, well, and the thing with Kendrick Bourne too, is the, the other thing I think is important when considering these names is you have to find a scheme fit too. And I know, I know, People are tired of hearing about blocking wide receivers. If you're going to be a wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans, you have to be able to block straight up because we saw yesterday what a block at the second level. And as people can rip Cody Hollister all they want, he is not a starting caliber NFL wide receiver at all. Some of the downfield blocks he had for Derrick Henry made a difference because that is a guy that is a willing and capable blocker. Not, not a willing and capable pass catcher all the time or, or route runner all the time, but he can block. And, and so when, when you're looking, I, I also want to see them get a guy, and that's why I think Kendrick Bourne does fit, a guy like Nikhil Harry, if you want to call the Bears who are trading some pieces away. Nikhil Harry fits. He's back from injury. Those are pass yeah, yeah, For a short period of time. I don't trust Nikhil Harry as far as you can throw him. Well, that's fair. But, but I mean, I think you look at a guy like Nikhil Harry, that is an upgrade, a wide receiver from what you currently have, and a guy who is capable downfield in the second level. And so if you're able to get Derrick Henry, that's how you turn an explosive run and, and turn a defense or turn a game around with an explosive run. So it matters. And I know people are tired of hearing about run blocking from wide receivers. It matters to the way the Titans play football. So you need it, and and a scheme fit is also going to be important if you're looking at a wide receiver to trade for. Yeah, and you have to find the team, as as Lou Man says. You know, New England's a half a game out. You have to find a team that is not using that player and still winning, or they're losing so much that they're done at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there and a guy that's not going to be a part of the future. Like Jarrett just suggests Darnell Mooney's going to be available. Darnell Mooney's staying in Chicago. They're building around him and Justin Fields. Young guys like that are not going to be available because as far as the bears are concerned, he's their number one option, but it's what you said. Who is the guy that has all of these things and isn't being utilized to in his offense or isn't needed in his offense or for the future. If you can find that guy, that can be a fit, but it, Kevin says Nikhil Harry sucks. That would be stupid. I'm not sure you're going to find a guy that's going to blow you away. Like no, you, you, you have no, to well, you need somebody more reliable. You need somebody more reliable than Nikhil Harry. That's not a guy, in my opinion, you trade for. You trade for a veteran guy. You trade for somebody who is stable and can man the ship, learn the offense. And Chris Conley is not the guy. Like somebody that can block, as you said, and man the ship until Traylon Burks and his first round ability gets back from injury. That's what you need. Yeah. Now no, I mean, we'll find I, out if they do that. 
And I don't know what the asking prices are. I think that's another factor. The reason I was out on DJ Moore and I didn't think the DJ Moore happened, the trade would happen or didn't really want it to happen is because I thought it would cost you a first round pick. I think that was proven by the fact that the Panthers aren't really too inclined to trade him at this point in time and his production just keeps getting better. So when we throw out names like Jerry Judy, when we throw out names like Claypool, I don't think Claypool would. I do think Judy might cost you a first rounder. The Claypool Titans would make sense. The Titans I, aren't giving up. I would up be up. happy with Chase Claypool. If Chase Claypool is prop makes a ton of sense as a reliable upgrade as a wide receiver. You know he can run block. You know uh, he's kind of coming up on an expiring deal, so he's not a long-term commitment. There's a lot about that that makes sense, but you have to keep in mind, the Titans aren't trading a first-round pick for for a wide receiver, nor should they. Uh, no, the, Christian says give um, up a first round or they're bad at taking them anyway. You have holes. You're going to need a left tackle in the offseason. You're going to need a lot of things in the offseason. You need your draft picks. You need a first round pick. At not going to happen. At this point, your offense, DJ Moore trading a first round pick for him. And it sounds like the Panthers are not going to trade him. So it doesn't really matter. So it's a moot point. But you're going to have to use that first round pick for a left tackle. Yep. Just. Saddle up, partner. <laughs> that, that's Lawan ain't walking back through that door, and you're gonna have to replace him. It's the top four most important positions in football: quarterback, left tackle, pass rush, and corner. They've got some of the other pieces. They don't have a left tackle. So, uh, especially if you're going to roll out Malik Willis at any point in time in the next couple of years, right? You got to protect him and his blind side. So you're not trading a first round pick, but you could trade, you know, a complimentary pick to the, the Steelers for chase Claypool, which I think would make sense. So look, we got, we got several hours until tomorrow's tread deadline. Get your popcorn ready. We're going to find out and see what is going to happen. Sam it's time for ask me anything. I've got the card right here. It's an interesting question. I, Let's see if I avoid controversy this time with this I think one. that you will. I, I do think that there is an answer. And maybe the chat can get this. We'll find out. Ask me anything. But first, if you are injured right now, don't fumble on your recovery. Go to the Bone and Joint Institute. Look, every, you all have aches and pains, and then those turn into something worse. You get a, a shoulder injury, your neck, something wrong with your hip, turned ankle, like, uh, like Brian Tannehill. And that can happen not necessarily in the line of fire on the NFL gridiron, but also at your house. You you maybe turn your ankle on one of your kid's toys. You miss a step on the stairway. You never know. But when you do get injured, you need to go to the Bone and Joint Institute right there in Franklin, Tennessee. They got multiple locations across Middle Tennessee. They're satellite locations. They spread throughout. It is a reliable resource for you and your family if you are injured at the bone and joint institute do not fumble on your recovery today's show is powered by the king of sports books of course i'm talking about bet mgm and if you use the promo code a t o z sports on bet mgm you can get a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars on pro football a lot of People getting involved in the sports gambling space, they can be tentative because of all the risk involved. Well, this is risk-free. It's a bet on pro football and up to $1,000, it's risk-free. If you miss, you get the money back, you can get another chance at it. And that's the promo code ATOZ Sports. So if you're going to be sports betting on the NFL season and the rest of the season, make sure it's on BetMGM and make sure you're using that promo code when you do so. All right, ask me anything. I've got the card right here. The question today, Sam, is if a truck is loaded with helium, will it get better fuel mileage? If Now we need some scientists. We need some scientists out there. We need some, some uh, we need our table, our, our, our table of, the weight of helium. So I'll ask it again. If a truck is loaded with helium, will it get better fuel mileage? This is 
as opposed to it just being empty, right? Correct, because helium weighs right. lighter than air. Right. Better fuel. Because the the concept, I, it's actually a pretty good question, because the concept is if it's lighter, it lightens, uh, you know, a, a half-ton truck gets worse gas mileage right. than a Prius, right? So the idea is better fuel mileage in a traditional truck empty compared to a lighter truck, possibly, with helium. Um. See, so yeah, where, where this is getting me is I'm starting to think it's not as much of a science question as much as it is a car question. Because I don't know. I don't really know how gas mileage works that well. Like, it, it, uh, is it an engine thing? Versus well, no, a, it's, it's a... Because well, I know a, weight plays a factor, but some cars are heavier and just get better gas mileage. Well, than, no, it's an element question, right? So you have the same truck. They go 60 miles from point A to point B. Right. One trip they're hauling helium. The other trip, they are hauling nothing. Which gets better gas mileage or do they get the same? And the unique part about this is you have cargo, this being helium, on board, but it is lighter than nothing. Is it in a helium tank? Yes. That's the only way you would be well, able to... Well, the tanks weigh more than the helium... Right, but the tank is going to weigh... The only thing that has changed is what is in the tank, right? Nothing or helium. So you're either hauling empty tanks, uh, empty helium tanks, or tanks filled with helium? Yes. Which one would oh. get better gas mileage? Oh. See, I thought you were saying, like, the truck bed is empty versus there's helium tanks in the back of the truck bed. No, this is just an element question. Just helium, okay. right? If a truck is loaded with helium, will it get better fuel mileage, right? So compared to it not being loaded with that. I think, yeah. I think, yes, it gets better gas mileage. I, I don't know. Simple, but I feel like you just like maybe put a little less pressure on the tires. I don't know. Because I, I saw somebody say it weighs the same. It does weigh the same. But like I weigh the same standing on a scale but then if I start holding myself off the ground like this a little bit, I still weigh the same, but the, the weight that's going down on the scale is less. I don't, I don't know this question. Mike says tanks with helium are lighter than tanks with air. Obviously depends on how compressed the gas I would, is. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Gas burns to give you energy. Helium does not. I don't understand. And Bobby, that. it's a weight-based question. See, for me, I, I think there's no question. I think the truck is lighter when it's loaded with helium because helium is lighter than air. It's why it floats. It's why balloons float. So I think the truck is lighter with it. Where I'm, I don't know, Does would a truck get worse gas mileage when it's a little bit heavier than the same exact truck that's a, a little bit lighter? Yes, right? Yeah, so then I would say, yeah, you get say better yes, gas, then you would get better gas mileage, I would say. All right. Uh, I don't know. We haven't really done this, but I'm going to Google it and see now that we've come to our conclusion. Well, that's my conclusion. I'm probably way wrong. I was not. No, a I, I think guy. that makes sense. I was not a science guy ever. I was good at math, good at reading. I was good. Every science was just not it for me. Helium trucks are probably the only vehicle that get worse gas mileage after their cargo is delivered okay there we go there we go i finally got one we got we got it yeah all right hey <laughs> i'm two for two on these right now because that math one i was correct and i, was I agree with you on that I, I i was hoping you like this is one of those moments i was just like if only zach could just like we could just like buzz him in in like a third window of this call right now because I needed some backup. I was catching bullets from the chat from well, Austin. It goes to like I went back. It goes to evolution or however you think that the world was created, right? Because, and the question is for those that are just tuning in of a couple of weeks ago is 
was math invented or was it created? And I think that's just how you think about how well, life Matt, started. Well, and I, yeah, I, I told, I had this debate and I told Austin about this. I was not like, meth, not meth, <laughs> math. I told Austin. What was meth this. created or invented? We can't get the chat started on this. They're already, Andre's already coming for me again here, Zach. This, but no, uh, we're not talking about math anymore. We're talking about oh, meth. Me oh, we switched to meth. Methamphetamine. Was meth created or invented? Or no, it was discovered or invented. Discovered or invented. Oh, is that? Oh, this it was it discovered or invented? I think that was, I don't even remember. Yeah, invented or discovered. Uh, I would go with meth had to be discovered. I mean, it's I don't know what meth is, honestly. I think it's nature, right? Is it natural? No, meth is meth is uh basically a collaboration of home drugs that's why meth heads they actually can make meth that's what but it's oh well then, it, then it's, it's explosive then it's right then yeah. it's invented if it's a combination of stuff it's invented so math yeah. is invented along with meth yes yes meth and math you have to have math to make the right make meth. meth. yes so somebody invented math to then later invent meth using uh, math. I'm confused myself. Nick, Sam, watch Bring Bad. Uh, we talked about this. I haven't seen it. Uh, I've done a... This is me with TV shows. I know it's good, and I know I would like it. I also know it's going to take me months to like get through all of it, and I'm just not sure I have that time commitment in me. I'm more of like a eight-episode Netflix original release kind of guy or a, a one-movie-in-a-night kind of guy. I, I like movies, but the, the whole... like. This is what I'm going to be watching in my free time for the next three months. Doesn't usually appeal to me as much. So I, I haven't gotten over the Breaking Bad hump yet. There same thing, go. Game of Thrones, same thing with... And I'm with Tiffany. How did we get here? I don't know. We, this we, is, we got this here somewhere. This is uh, Ask Me Anything. This is kind of how it happens every week. <laughs> exactly. All right. Hey, great show, Sam. Uh, appreciate everybody in the chat. We will find out if the Titans make a trade today or tomorrow. And we will be back bright and early tomorrow morning on a Tuesday at 8 a.m. Thank you, Sam, for filling in for Austin, and we will see you uh, manana. Adios.